Hi guys, I'm your host, Esteban Tovarm, and I just wanted to quickly introduce Kaz Marte. He, um, he has a very interesting story where he, at a young age, he was selling drugs. He became a millionaire through it, and he was arrested after a few years, went to prison, and then he created a workout system using your body in prison to lose weight. And when he came out of prison, he started the company Body, which has been pretty successful. And it hires uh, former incarcerated inmates. Uh, so Cos Marte's story is very interesting and uh, it's very inspirational. Thanks for being on this episode involved healing. Oh, thanks for having me. I saw your uh, BuzzFeed uh, video like three years ago. Yeah, and it, it was cool because I know that you, um, you started selling drugs at the age of 13. And then by the age of 19, you were making $2 million a year? Sure. And then at the age of uh, 23, you were sent to prison, and then you served seven years? Yeah. And then you were in solitary confinement uh, a little bit before you were, were supposed to get out. And it was pretty cool because you had like a spiritual awakening. Absolutely. So what, um, can you tell me a little bit more about that and how uh, any details you want to fill in? Uh, um, I mean, so that what happened to me in that cell, um, and you you heard uh, most of it in the in the BuzzFeed uh, video, but uh, it was uh, it was something that I really can't explain, and the feeling that I got, and it was like chills, and and like I don't know, it was like a blanket over me for a second. Um, and so when I when I so I went into solitary uh, what for an altercation with an officer. And and when I was in this in this place, this officer basically threw me in there in like twenty four hour lockdown and um and I'm like stressed out of my mind because I was supposed to be released in, in two months. Um through this like early release program and my son was waiting for me, my family was waiting, you know, for me to come home. I just told him I'm you know, everybody expected me to be home in 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 two months and that didn't happen. Um, I didn't go home, and I, I ended up staying in solitary, going, stressing myself out. I didn't know what to do. I had no way of communicating with anybody uh, until this officer came to my door and, and passed me a paper pen and an envelope. Um, and he brought the, that, you know, and that's, that's your right to just put a paper pen and an envelope, uh, you know, to write letters. And so I get that, and and the uh, door, the, the slot door opens where they feed you the food from, and it passes me, and I, I grab it, and I was so excited for just that one second. I was like, all right, I'm gonna write a letter to my family, explain them the situation. I'm gonna try to get a lawyer, get out of this place in two months, um, and I felt hope. And so I, I wrote the whole letter out, explaining the whole thing, and realized I had no stamps to send out the letter with. And so I, I, I lost hope, mm-hmm. but like nobody was there. Uh, I had no, I know, I had no way to communicate. I had no way to help, you know, receive help. Um, and so uh, it was not until like two or three days later, my sister, who's like very religious, uh, you know, writes me and tells me uh, to read Psalm ninety-one from the Bible. Um, and in my whole prison sentence. Uh, never opened up the Bible. It was it was just used as like a like an address book, you know, so like anybody that was coming 
out of the prison, I would take their name and their number, and I still have the Bible with, like, everybody's contact information. But that was the only reason why I would, like, hold the Bible because uh, the Bible and any religious item is the only thing that follows you throughout your whole prison sentence. And so I, 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 when she wrote me that letter, I was like, how, no, I'm not reading the Bible. Like I'm not, uh, what I read thought about was I need a lawyer. I need somebody to help me get out of the situation. And, and I didn't believe in God. I didn't, you know, it was, but it was, uh, it was not until a couple of days later, just sitting there at a boredom, um, where which when I decided to pick up the Bible and and I searched pages uh, for Psalm 91, and I read Psalm 91, which states, "He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my shelter and my fortress, my God, and who I trust." And as soon as I read those words, a stamp fell out of my Bible. I felt like it was felt like it was something that that came upon me that day, and um, and and other weird things happened to me that day. Um, and like I had like a sort of like an outer body experience when I went when I went to sleep, and every time I opened up the Bible, I, I felt like you know like seventy degrees, because um, I was in a I was in a cell which was like over a hundred degrees, and I was sweating, and there's no AC, no fan, uh, there was no way. Like I, I had problems breathing in there, um, and so I was suffocating. But every time I opened up the Bible, I felt like this whole calm, this whole like refreshness. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's so cool. I remember reading this, um, you know, hearing you speak on the video, and um, this was about three years ago when I saw it, and yeah. I thought it was. I was going like to my own spiritual awakening, so to see that it was pretty cool. And I didn't, I just started like the podcast, and uh, yeah. I didn't even, ha- I didn't have a podcast back then. And um, recently, I said, okay, I'm going to have to interview this guy for the podcast because I remember that <laughs> that video. Yeah, and I got chills like just hearing you speak about it and um, hearing the stamp um, come out from, from the Bible just fall out, and so. Yeah, I felt like it was just something that um, kind of just happened for you in a way. Like it was like you were helped out in a way by spirit or the universe. Yeah, something. Yeah, (laughs) something. Yeah. And I read the yeah. No, and that's how I. I mean, I read the read the Bible from front to back, and like I just had the time. I was in twenty four hour lockdown. I had nothing else but the Bible, so I just kept reading it and reading it and, you know, turning back pages and reviewing things and I just, um, you know, after reading the whole thing, I, I was like, started reflecting on some with myself and saying, like, look, yeah, I need to, I need to wake up, I need to stop, you know, the, all the stuff that I was doing in my life and affecting not only myself, but my family and, and the people I sold drugs to, and the, and the fa- their family members who have been affected by my, by my my action as well. So I was, I, I like felt so much regret, and I prayed and I said, God, like, how can I get back? How can I get back for all the wrongdoings I've done in my life? And 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 the idea of combody just came above, and like. 
you know, like working out was my passion and that's what I loved doing when I was in the yard. And, and then I, I started, you know, building that camaraderie and help, you know, 20 inmates, a little bit over 20 inmates lose over a thousand pounds combined. Um, and I said, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do when I came home. Um, and that became like my, my give back for all the wrongdoings that I've done. Uh, I mean, today is, is blowing up. Um, I've been blessed to, you know, do a, do a whole lap around the world and, and share my story. And that's, and that's something that I, when I was in that cell, I would imagine myself like, I don't know, I would imagine the globe, you know, and like imagine that I was, you know, impacting the whole world in some sort of way. And, and it's been a crazy, crazy journey that, you know, to see that, that reality. After you uh, got out of prison, how long did it take for you to start Palm Body? I know you started like in the parks at first and then you had a studio about two years later. Yeah, I, I, I started right in the park. Um, so I started right away. I started like, uh, I came home, you know, I had the best food ever because I didn't eat like real good food, you know, uh, for a long time. And my mom cooked and it was a good feast and I got to with my family. But the next morning I woke up, you know, and, and, and went right to the park doing the same thing. Um, and, and just started there. Um, and that, and that's what, that's what happened. Yeah. I remember you changed your like like your market, your target demographic from people who looked like they were selling drugs to uh women in yoga pants. Yeah, so I <laughs> I I basically like uh used the same like tactics I was using while I was selling drugs cuz back in the day I I started a whole delivery service where using like business cards going up to random people that I thought that were using drugs and um and it worked and it blew up and I made a lot of money and lost a lot of money. And, uh, and, and it became the same mentality. It was like, just go up to somebody and speak to them and not be scared and just approach it and like go after it. And that's what I, that's exactly what I did. Yeah. And I also know that you hire like mostly, um, former incarcerated inmates. Is, is there a reason for that? I know that it's difficult for them. You mentioned that it's difficult for people who get out of prison for them to find jobs. They usually get rejected instantly. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I felt, I felt the pain when I came home, you know, and I, I was, I, I was, start, I started this business like as soon as I came out the door, but it was, you know, it took a long time before I, I made any, any real money off of it. And so, um, I mean, that's, that's what I, I started knocking on doors. Um, went to like every retail shop uh, in Midtown and there's where like Times Square is at and all that stuff and and I was being rejected you know I was uh, or I was being told that I, they're going to give me a call back and I'm waiting and never received a phone call back um, until I, 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 until I did you know basically create my own uh, you know business out of desperation basically um, and, and had to make it work because nobody wanted to give me that opportunity. But um, I felt the pain of, you know, going door after door after door after door and, like, being told, yeah, 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 and, like, being lied to, basically. And um, 
and then the reality was, you know, people were facing the same thing. People with the same background was facing the same exact thing that I was. Um, and so I, I, that became my mission. You know, it was like all my friends uh, who were locked up was telling me, yo, can you hire me, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and that's what it was, you know. And the, most of the people that I knew and the most people that I really hung out with are the people that have been convicted of criminal histories. I work at Wake a little bit. I started around 19, and I don't do a lot of weightlifting so much. And yeah. I have thought about going to combating to try it out, but I always feel like it's a little bit more intimidated. It's like a little, uh, little bit more intimidating for me. I don't know why. Are, I you, guess are you in New York? Yeah, New York. Okay. What part of New York? Uh, Queens. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got to come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll definitely, I'll definitely try it. So what would you say to people who are maybe they might feel a little bit intimidated to go or they don't know, really know what to expect? I, I usually tell people that it, you basically try to keep up with the trainer. Uh, so you set your own pace. Uh, we're at, we're going to push you to a different level. Um, but it, it's made for anyone because uh, you're only using your body weight. Um, it's, it's not easy. Uh, yeah. But my mom, who's 64 years old, is doing that four times a week. <laughs> so she could do it. You know, you better do it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right, then. How many locations do you have? I, I think you have you had one in the on Fifth Avenue. Yeah, so we we closed that down. That was just a pop up. Um, okay. We had that. Uh, yeah, we had that for six months, and then we reopened uh, for another like six months or so um, in the Lord and Sailor Building, but they they sold the building, so we moved out of there. So right now we only have that one location on the Lower East Side. Um, and we're working on opening up another spot in London now. Um, oh, cool. Towards the end of spring. Is London like um, the first one, and then are you planning all over the world? Yeah, first one out of the country, first one out of the U.S. Oh, that's so cool. What's like the difference between doing one in New York and then uh, doing one in London? It's, I mean, we're going to be in a, a like, a, we're going to have a partnership with this hotel group. Um, so we're opening up and designing the space like the Combody and the Lower East Side. Um, so it's a little bit like more bougier. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's the same workout, same, you know, feeling, same, you know, vibe. So that's that's what we're doing. I, um, I know you have a book, Combody. Yep. I've read um, there's like a prison burrito that you yeah. made there. What uh, – I mean, do you still try it out and eat it? I know you mentioned that you don't eat it as much because it's not very healthy. Yeah, no, I, I did eat it. The last time I ate it, I think, might have been like six months ago or so because um, somebody wanted me to show them how to make it. <laughs> so that's yeah. the only reason why I really made it, but I, I was, I'm not really, like, open to it you know, making it at home as much and, like, eating it you know, just because sodium levels is, is just so high and those, like, packet content. Um, but, I mean, that's, it, it does taste good, and that was, like, one of the only options that you had to really feel like you, you're out outside, you know, instead of, like, eating the regular prison food when you go down the chow line. 
you make a prison burrito and you sell and you feel like I don't know, it's it's something that uh you feel like you made and it tastes good, you know. Um yeah. today we we're actually doing a show on Snapchat. Um oh, cool. where we where we're getting like tons of views too. So it's called Prison Hacks. Uh so we're showing like hacks of what we did in the system in terms of, you know, how to make a tattoo gun out of a CD player, uh how we made prison cheesecake with no cheese. Um, you know, how we, females in prison did their makeup before they went into the visit with no real makeup, uh, you know, so things like that. How do you make the, the gun, the tattoo gun? You got to watch the show, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Prison hacks yeah. on, on Snapchat, so you can see it on the Discover there. You always seem like a natural businessman. Like you started a business at the age of um, 13, pretty, I would say. And then now you have a business with Combody. How how do you learn about just creating a business? And um, was it just something that you, you kind of just picked up along the way, or was it something that you already knew how to do? Uh, I mean, I didn't know how to, like, operate. Well, I know how to operate a business, but I didn't know how to do a legal business legally. And so when I came yeah. home, I was basically <laughs> just doing it in the part of taking, you know, money through, like, cash apps or, uh, cash, um, and that's how I operated until I got into a, a program called the Five Ventures, uh, where I received my MBA, um, my MBA Baylor University certificate, um, and so I, I did that and developed a business plan. You know, did all the tax stuff. You know, actually developed an actual corporation afterwards. You know, and so that's. Uh, I, I, I came home and I, I did operate the business like right away, but it was not like legally done. And so I yeah. went to the program and started doing it properly. Um, but that's where I learned a lot. Um, but I, I, the hustle never stopped. I mean, as a kid, you know, I would steal pay, baseball cards from the store and, and sell them at school or, you know, like, I would go into knocking everybody. I remember, like, knocking as a kid to, on everybody's apartment in my building and, like, collecting the cans and changing up the nickels downstairs in the bodega. You know, and that's and that's, that's what I was doing. Yeah, you're right. It's just about just hustling and, and going through with it. Yeah. It's going to be a lot. I mean, I, I still face barriers and still, like, a lot of obstacles, but it's just basically showing up every day and delivering. And that's that's all it takes. You know, it's not it's not easy. <laughs> that's, that's all. It, that's the number one thing is just showing up. What were some things that you learned? One thing I feel like is like as you grow the business, you kind of just grow yourself as a person, and so you have to like get rid of like a lot of negative beliefs or resistance, or it kind of just changes the way you are. I feel. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, you know I, I learned a lot of stuff along the way um, in terms of the the people that I'm helping coming out of the prison system and employing them, like, you know, some of them have shelter issues. Some of them have, you know, uh, financial issues in their back end and they have to fix their, their credit and stuff like that. Or, uh, you know, simple parole issues, you know, and, and, uh, for me, it's not, like combat is not like just a regular old business. Like we're, yeah. we're going above and beyond and like helping people with, you know, their personal issues and, there's a whole holistic uh, approach around it. Um, but, I, I mean, I learned, you know, 
how to pay my taxes. I learned how to, uh, you know, communicate with different other people. And, um, yeah, I mean, operating a business and up and dealing with people is the same thing from the streets to uh, what I'm doing now. But yeah, I, I think the number one difference is basically taxes, uh, and, and, and doing more paperwork. And, and now like businesses can't operate without a computer or a touchscreen. So back then I was only operating on a flip phone and so, and, and like marble notebooks and like jotting and taking notes. And so now it's building spreadsheets and doing a whole bunch of other stuff and running ads as well. And, uh, you know, creating videos and now social media, like none of this existed when I was hustling in the streets. And I mean, I got locked up when, you know, MySpace existed and then came home and it was like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, like all it was, and then touchscreen phones. It was just a whole, whole new world, you know? So I know you did a tech talk. How was that? So I've done, I've done three TED talks now. The first one, I was extremely nervous. Uh, and so, I, cause I, I basically got that opportunity to do a TED talk a year out of the prison system. Um, so I've never spoken to like a huge crowd. There was like maybe a 1500 to a thousand people there. Um, and so, and I was actually the last speaker cause they do a lot of speakers that day. Uh, yeah. And so I was the last, last speaker and people, some people are like foreign and city, but it was like an older demographic of individuals that did it in, in New York. Um, and I remember when I got on stage and they hooked you up with a, with a TED talk coach, this person was, you know, made me write down my speech and I had to practice and memorize and memorize. And it was like a six month process. And so I get on stage and I, I went to go deliver my TED talk and and as I started, this lady just, like, had went back and fell asleep on me and, like, nodded out. And, like, I just stared at her for, like, two seconds. And, like, everything just blanked out. And I was like, fuck. And then I looked away and, like, just took a deep breath and, like, went back at it. And, like, everything just came to me. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was extremely nerve-wracking. At least you came back from it. Yeah. yeah, that can make you kind of nervous when someone's just, like, nodding off. Yeah. It makes you feel like, what, what is it? Yeah, well, I just, it was, like, right at the beginning. I, like, I don't know. I just, it was, like, maybe 10, 20 seconds in. Yeah, that, that can make, that can put a lot of pressure on you. Absolutely. What helps your life now compared to, you know, um, after you got out of prison and you started this, this business and uh, you decided to help others and give back compared to when you were, before you were arrested at the age of, 23? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I would say life is good. You know, I mean, I still, it's still, still not easy. I'm working like crazy. You know, I'm up at five in the morning. Um, and then I'm not really going to sleep till like, maybe like 10, 11. And I try to go to sleep early, but I'm, I'm working throughout the whole day. I'm like doing, doing a lot of stuff and running around. Um, so it's not easy, but I, I would say like I can't I can't complain. You know, I feel blessed. Yeah, my bills are getting paid. You know, my son is growing. He's doing well in school. You know, um, uh, my girlfriend's amazing. Yeah. Even though we fight every so often. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, I feel blessed. 
Um, is there anything else that you wanted to, to say that I didn't ask or, or mention? I guess uh, for anybody that's starting the business um, or, or, you know, or starting some type of new venture, uh, the best way to start is just to get out there and start asking um, just like you did. You know, you, Esteban, you just like hit me up on a DM or, and was like, what's up? I'm doing this podcast. Or you emailed me and was like, you know, and, and it's, it, it all, it, all it takes is that initiative, you know, it's just so like, just go out there and ask. And I feel like my mom, you know, always told us as kids was like, if you don't ask, you don't eat, you know, and, and that's always been like my motto and that's always been true. I feel like that's always like the toughest part, but just taking the initiative is always. And not be discouraged yeah. when people say no. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, I do thank you for uh, being on this podcast. Of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. And let me know when you want to come through. Uh, I'll, I'll hook you up with a class. Oh, cool, man. All right. I'll let you know maybe uh, like in next week or in two weeks. Take care, man. All right, man. All right you too. <laughs>